It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Chatting Lincoln Stars Hockey with you here on 93.7 The Ticket. It's Outside the Box with me, Joel Norman, and the head coach here Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo. Rocky, how are we doing tonight? A great weekend entering tonight. All of a sudden, there's a parking spot right there. <laughs> Man, I, I love coming to the studio down here in, in beautiful downtown Lincoln, the brand new studio here for 93.7 The Ticket, but the parking is a challenge. So fortunately, I left the house a little bit earlier today to make it for our uh, pretty awesome time slot here at uh, six o'clock on a Tuesday, and bringing uh, bringing our fans alive outside the box for the first time in a few weeks, and we're certainly excited to be uh, to be here tonight. It's certainly an exciting time to be talking about the Lincoln Stars. Four consecutive wins, a season high winning streak right now. Wins in ten of their last thirteen games, fifteen and seven since Thanksgiving. Good time to be a star right now, Rocky. Would you have thought that we'd be sitting here right now talking <laughs> uh, talking about being uh, one game under 500 after yeah. the uh, the month of November uh, to start this season. It's it's such a testament to the work you guys have been able to do. And I said this to you over the weekend. I said it to Nick Fabrizio. It's been so impressive. It's a complete 180 from where we were right before Thanksgiving. I was just telling a friend the other day. I said, because I missed the games Thanksgiving weekend. I went home for a wedding and I was texting that friend. And I said, yeah, man, here's our record since Thanksgiving. So whatever happened that week in general has completely changed this team's season. So... I was like, got to give you a thumbs up. Maybe getting me out of the way helped a little bit for a couple days. You know, maybe it was just a good Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. But in all honesty, I think we, you know, we were hoping to be sitting in this situation. We we hate the hole that we dug ourselves in, but we had a, a very young group. We had a very inexperienced group. Uh, we had a, you know, we had a veteran goalie that, that struggled early on. He's been lights out lately, but... We had a we had a young goal, another young goalie that was figuring it out. We had a uh, you know 16, 17 year old defenseman figuring it out. We had some some veteran forwards that were were struggling to start the year that obviously have been you know carrying the mail for us for the last two months and and doing a fantastic job. And you know the buy in to to culture with a new group takes time and and. Uh, Unfortunately, you don't have a lot of time when the season starts. You get right into playing games and you're playing them every weekend. And, you know, if you have a bad stretch like we did, then you put yourself behind the eight ball. But we were able to, you know, refocus. And, and that's what I love about this group is we all knew that we could get here and we all believe that we can get here. And, and we never wavered from that belief. And that's why we're sitting in the position we are right now. And you, Peach, you preached patience really early on with this team. You were saying in November, better days are ahead. Give this group some time. And a lot of that, I think, has been some of these guys growing up, as you mentioned. Who are a couple of guys who've grown up a lot over these last few months that you think not just you're excited about, but we can tell the fans are pretty excited about? Well, I think I was I was preaching patience publicly because I was convincing myself to be patient <laughs> privately. And, and uh, you know, it was conversation that I was having with uh, with my staff and with Nick on a daily basis. Just, you know, we believe in these guys. We picked these guys. They were drafted as as a, a Lincoln star, and they've come up. Some of them maybe a little bit earlier than the plan because of how many guys we had matriculate to school last year. But uh, but they're here, and and uh, we need to get them up and going, and, and we're able to do that. But, I mean, it, you look at, at the guys that are breaking out right now, and, and obviously – 
Blake Montgomery's first on that list. And, and you know, Blake, we saw some flashes of that, like in the, the Youngstown weekend, he had the big game with the two goals. Um, but his consistency has come a long way. Uh, you look at Jacob Rombach, uh, you look at Tanner Hendricks, those guys are really starting to to come into their own. That whole decor, Ethan and 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 Younger and, and crew, Massa, all those rookies have really taken big steps. And um, But then you see guys that, you know, Jake, uh, Jack Picard's in his first full year mm-hmm. of junior hockey, and, and he's in the, the top three in scoring and maybe second or third on our team in, in goals and, and first on our team in power play goals. So, you know, he's been been great for us. Matt Malte has eight points in his last 11 games, and he was struggling early on in the year. Then he got hurt, and and since he's come back, has been such a jump start for us. So, you know, you can go up and down our lineup with guys that, that weren't doing a great job, not, not because they're not good hockey players, but because it's really hard league to play in. And so you get comfortable in the league, you get confident in the league, and, and then you can produce. And, and I think you're seeing that from a lot of our guys right now. What I enjoyed when we talked last week uh, before Saturday's game against Des Moines, you just look at the line charts you've been putting together and you look at the forward units and you can make a case, okay, that line can go off tonight. That line's got a potential for two or three goals. Every guy on this line might have a multi-point night as we had last Friday against Des Moines. There's just a case for everyone because the depth of this team is really coming through lately. I mean, you look at the the Peters-Montgomery-Spinale uh, line, they had... Uh, 23 shots on net in two games last weekend. I mean, that's that is big time production, and and you know it's not always you're not going to score every time you get to the net, but it's shooting to create offense to to create that rebound where we can touch it first and and force them into an uncomfortable position in their D zone where we can then change sides and spread them out and you know wear them down over the course of a 60 minute game. Those guys are doing it. Um, you know, the Picard line, obviously, uh, Jack and, and Dash have really meshed and, and Max has been a, a great compliment to the two of them doing a nice job. And, you know, the, the Mangan line, they, they were, they've been a, in a little bit of a lull, but, but they've also been guys that have carried us at times. And, you know, like I said, Maltz has eight points in his last 11 games. Mang's, uh, some big goals in the last few games, you know, Juan, a big point when you need it. Like and then and then you go to the other line where oh by the way, Mex had a goal last weekend. Yavi had a goal last weekend. Uh Shazi's playing good hockey. Lane Loomer just got here and I thought he played good hockey last week. So, you know, there's your thirteen forwards. All all thirteen of them are capable of of uh um being productive on any given night. They they can kill penalties, they can play on the power play. It gives us depth. It gives me uh, as I run the bench, the opportunity to use all four lines consistently. And, yeah. and when you watch, look at the, the, the analytics from our game on Friday, I just rolled the four lines all night long. All four lines played equal amount of shifts. You know, the, the guys that played on the power play or maybe guys that kill a little bit more got a couple extra shifts. Um, but for the most part, everybody got their 12, 14, 15 shifts that night, which breaks down to everybody's playing and everybody's contributing. It's incredible the way it's been able to work because you see some teams in this league, good teams, really strong teams, or sometimes struggling teams, they may roll one or two lines most of the night. We've played a lot of those teams this season where they kind of can do that, but like you said, the depth of this team has really been shown off with your ability to roll all four lines at any given point. When you can play them all, you can wear your opponent down. And and when you are playing 
you know, let's say one, two, three, one, two, one, two, four, one, two, three, right? It, yeah. Those first and second lines, you're not getting enough recovery time. And so every time you take a shift and you come back to the bench and the battery doesn't fully recharge and you go back out, well, as the game progresses, you get into 15, 18, 20, 22 shifts. Your your battery doesn't, it, it less and less, you get that recovery after each shift and, and you're worn down by the end of the second period and into the third. And so you're not getting a first touch on that puck. You're not winning a race. You're not winning a 50-50 battle. Uh, the D start to cheat a little bit and open up their gaps because they need to retrieve pucks. And and so, you know, that allows you more space as you enter the zone and, and you can do some other things. So it's, it's our ability to play all four lines, all 7D on any given night is, is very beneficial for us in the short term and also very beneficial as we move into a, a very rigorous schedule over the next two months. It's outside the box here on 93.7 The Ticket. Joel Norman alongside the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo. We talked about a really strong team right now, the Stars, coming off of two wins last weekend against Des Moines. First at home last Friday with a 7 or beg your pardon, yeah, a four to three victory and then a three to two win the next day. So a couple of really big wins for the Stars, separating themselves from the Buccaneers, a four point edge on them. And we'd like to mention, by the way, if you'd like to text us at all, give us a text at 402 464 5685 on the Sarder Heyman text line as we look to read some of those. Any questions for head coach Ronke Russo along the way? Um, did we have a couple right now, Harrison? Uh, no questions. We do have from Facebook. Again, feel free to comment there. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Allo Channel 961. Jessica Rhodes says, huge shout out to the coaching staff, also for the amazing growth on our team as a whole. Uh, again, talking about the turnaround you guys talked about earlier in that first segment. Uh, but again, 402-464-5685. If you've got any other questions you want to get in before the end of the show. Three games this weekend, Rocky. Sioux City twice. We haven't seen them since, boy, that was October. Very October, early on. October 21st. Long time ago, completely different team compared to where we are now, obviously. And then Dubuque on Sunday. Two, two of the top teams in the entire USHL. This is another test. We talk about this every week. It feels like we're always saying that. It's another test because on any given night in this league, you could be playing a good team. You could be playing a team you think is poor, and they're going to be a challenge for you. There is no poor teams in this league. There, there just aren't. You look at... You know, statistically, from a standings perspective, obviously Omaha's already been eliminated from the playoffs, but you know as well as I do, you play those guys, it's going to be a barn burner. Those are not easy games to play. Des Moines, we just saw this weekend, we were able to sweep that weekend, but those were challenging playoff-style games. Sioux City sits right now in second in the Western Conference. Dubuque sits in second in the Eastern Conference. You know, we've we've played Dubuque one time. We beat them in their building. Uh, we've played Sioux City. They beat us pretty good in their building. And, and so... You know, you can probably throw the the results of both of those games out the window when it comes to uh, this coming weekend. But we've got two of those three games at home, and anytime we get to play in front of our fans, play in the ice box, that's certainly not something that that we take for granted. And it's definitely uh, advantage stars in that situation, and and so we want to do our best to take advantage of it. And it's going to be really important because after this Sunday, you go into a really good stretch of road games, especially. In fact, there's that stretch March second through the fourteenth where you'll play six consecutive road games. So you look at overall, eight of the next nine after this Sunday are on the road. So it's great. A lot of time to bond. We talk about the importance of the road trips, but you know, there's nothing like obviously playing on your own home ice. Yeah, we've got the we've got the trip to uh, to Michigan to play the national team development program. We play the 18 team one night. We play the 17 team another night. Then we have two out of three on the road uh, against Tri-City, right? We play 
I think Saturday and Sunday at their place, Friday at our place. And, um, you know, there's, there's no rest for the weary with the schedule coming up. And, and that's just, it's part of the deal. You know, we've, we've been fortunate. We had some, some home games here early on in the second half of the year that we've been able to take advantage of a couple that we unfortunately probably gave away. Um, but all in all, you know, if you're going to be a, a, a real player in this thing, going down the stretch and into the playoffs, you're going to have to win games away from home. And, and this is a big opportunity for us to, to, to look that challenge head on and, and go after it. You talked a little bit earlier tonight about the goaltenders. Boy, we've got to talk about this work Lucas Massey has done. We talked about this team getting back to almost 500. His record is almost all the way back to 500. Wins in each of his last five starts, 240 goals against average, and a 920 save percentage in that time. And I think I asked you this the other day, Friday or Saturday, how nice is this now where it's almost like you're kind of flipping a coin and going, okay, whoever, whichever side it lands on, whichever guy I may be choosing to go between the pipes, he's going to give us a good chance to win tonight. They're both excellent goalies, and and we knew even when Lucas was struggling what he was capable of. He won some really important games for us last year. His work ethic is second to none. His... his uh, his buy-in for for his teammates and for our culture is is as good as it gets, and there's nobody that you you want to see succeed more than Lucas. So to see him come out and and give us great efforts in his last five starts, a lot of success, some big saves, calm, composed in the net. Um, it's been it's just one of those things where as a coach you just smile because you know a kid has worked really hard for it, and and you want to see him achieve those results, and and he's been able to do that. Absolutely, and Lane Loomer, a guy added into this group as well, trying to be part of this success as of late. Uh, It's that time of the year. Everyone's kind of wondering what moves we make, what moves might not be made. One of the things you've been talking about is you don't want to make a move just to make a move. And it seems like with the way a group like this is rolling, in a lot of ways it's almost conducive to kind of keep things where they are, or if you do make a move, not make one to really alter chemistry at all. Yeah, you know what, I I will – right now say I don't know if we're going to make a move. I mm-hmm. there's there's not one that that gets me really excited. Um you know, I, I we'd be foolish to say we wouldn't listen. Um anybody's going to listen, but it's going to have to be something that that we just certainly can't turn down if we're going to make a decision to make a change in that room. And Nick and I have had that conversation where we're excited about the group and the chemistry and the culture and the accountability and the the details that that the guys are are really putting an emphasis on on a day to day basis. And so, you know, it, if there is something to be done, I I would assume you know the trade deadline is February twenty sixth. We would hope that maybe it gets done before then. Obviously, the further you get towards that deadline, the less hockey you have after it. And so, acclimating somebody to your room, to your culture, to your systems. Uh, take some time and you know Lane's a perfect example of it we wanted to get Lane in here as early as we could so that uh, he has time to get acclimated he he flew in last Wednesday night practice one time played two games so you know he's he's got to take some time to get accustomed to how things are done with us how how the game is played in this league it's a much different league than he was in and uh, he'll make that adjustment because he's a very good hockey player and you know if if we were to make a move hypothetically we would hope that uh, whoever we brought in was able to make that adjustment quickly as well. Um, but, you know, right now we're excited about our group, and, and that's kind of where we stand. You said it 
before. Small sample size with Lane, but what stood out just from those two games with him that you think is going to give you confidence to believe in him and make him fit in with this group pretty much moving forward? He's got a big-time compete level and a big-time brain. Uh, really good hockey IQ. He understands time and space. He was he was around it uh, every shift, night after uh, both nights this weekend. Uh, he had a couple scoring chances on Friday, made a couple nice plays to generate some chances, defended, killed some penalties, and, and again, that's just... That's the tip of the iceberg with with what you get out of the player with one practice. And so, you know, let's see where Lane is a few weeks from now after he's practiced with us for a couple weeks. He's he's adjusted to the pace. He understands the expectations. You're just going to continue to see him get better. And and that's why we made the decision to to go after that player because we felt like he had the the tools to to succeed in this league. And uh, and hopefully the the transition. Uh, between one league to the other for him particularly wouldn't be too big and uh, and we're expecting to see that made his debut last Friday as we mentioned with that win at home against Des Moines and then last Saturday uh, part of that three to two win boy that was one of my favorite games of the year I love when we've in, my, in the two years I've been here I love when we can go on the road and beat a team in front of a packed house I'm sure other teams love to do that when they come to Lincoln as well but there's just something about those big wins on the road isn't it Rocky yeah, they certainly are, and and uh, the last time we were there, the opposite happened. We kind of kind of gave one away, and uh, and that was pretty disappointing. We we had a lead, and uh, and we weren't able to hold on to it, and and then you know you look at how how things transpire there. We get a questionable too many men on the ice call. Still don't like it, but it is what it is. Was, no was Juan's foot on the ice? I didn't think it was when um, it was called. You know what? I It was th- so close. He was holding on to the boards. Yeah. He had a hand on the boards. Yavi had jumped. Um, maybe both feet were on the ice. But to gotcha. me, when you're, when you're holding the boards, you're no longer a part of the play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a gray area there. It, I, I think that, I think that you look at that and you go, he's no longer part of the play. He's touching the boards. He's he's out of it. He's going for a change. We're gonna let that one go. Um, but I, I guess there's a there's a, a case to be made that you can call it clearly because they did, um, and then they score on it, and and now you're you know now you're in a two two game, and that's what happened to us last time we played them. We gave up a late goal, and it ended up costing us. And this time. There was no panic. The guys are like, okay, we'll get it back. There was, you know, however much time left, five five minutes and change or maybe a little less. And we work for the next couple shifts. Generate some chances. We end up drawing a power play uh, on an easy call. Attacking inside ice, you get tripped up. That's an easy call. And then and then we're able to bury one right away off the faceoff on the power play and take the lead. And and then you got you to gotta manage with the net empty for a minute and a half. And we, I thought we did a really nice job of that. But that's the growth of this team. There's no panic. There's no frustration. There's no, oh, no, woe is me. It's okay. Well, that happened. We, we can deal with adversity because we've dealt with adversity and we know how to manage it. And we'll just go back and we'll get another one. And, and obviously, we were able to do that. Was the Spinale goal the design play right off that faceoff win? Because it sure looked like it with how quickly that ended up being a goal. Yeah, we've we've worked on a, a number of different looks to try to attack the the net quickly off a power play faceoff. Um, you know, a lot of teams are just kind of happy to to win that draw and then possess the puck. We kind of take the approach of if we win that draw, we've got an extra guy. They can't cover everybody. Yeah. And you know they're going after the puck carrier, which means 
somebody else is open and and there's a couple different options for for Kai in that situation there's a couple different routes that our forwards can take and um they had done a good job of kind of buzzing us on the strong side wall off of those face-offs and and we weren't doing a good job getting the puck to the middle we were able to get the puck all the way to the middle of the ice on that one nice play by Keaton over to uh over to Kai. Kai makes a great pass to spins and he doesn't need to handle it because it's right in his wheelhouse. He can hit the one timer. Um, but you know, hats off to the other two guys. Hats off to BMO for 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 getting a piece of his guy, buying some time. Hats off to Mangs for winning a really important draw. So that's all five guys working to to get a job done. And, you know, Mangs and BMO don't get a point on it, but we don't score a goal if they don't do the little thing right there to to get us that uh possession and then time to make a play. The both of the power play goals this scored this past weekend were huge ones because the Mangan one kind of gave you a little bit of breathing room on Friday, and then Saturday it goes without saying you know game winning goal by Spinelli. You guys have been able to use that power play as a source of momentum when it's kind of got that opening in the game lately. Yeah, and I mean we obviously really struggled on the power play for for a good stretch of this year, and and I think it it's been it's the same guys. You know, we were patient with those guys and knew that they were the right guys for it. It was a matter of um, winning possession on on our entries off of our breakouts. It was extending our possessions when we shoot the puck and touch it first. It's puck support and so that you're not getting swarmed. And and then it's taking advantage of your goal scoring opportunities. And Mangan's goal is, you know, a pass up, a pass over to Keaton, and then and then a quick play through the seam. If Keaton doesn't make that play right now, then that seam is gone. So our recognition of what's available has gotten better. And we're not overhandling pucks. We're not passing pucks on the wrong side of the body. We're not bobbling pucks. And and so you get more opportunities when you do that. And then obviously the play right off the, the faceoff on Saturday is massive. But, you know, if Spins catches it and dusts it off with two stick handles, maybe it doesn't go in the net. But it's a great pass, so he doesn't have to... to reach across his body for it and he trusts that he can get his one timer off and you know their goalie had no chance he was outside the far post when it went in that was the thing i from my angle i could see the wide open net and i'm thinking you just got to put it on the cage at this point and he did exactly that everything just looks so much more intentional on the power play lately there seemed there was hesitancy at times early in the year and like you said those passes are just lately they've just all been perfect so it's it's so neat to see that from afar whereas early in the season there was hesitancy there was maybe looking a couple extra times before making a pass. It's neat to see the guys making those types of changes. It it makes all the difference in the world. You have an extra guy on the ice, but you can't have that mentality where you want things to slow down because the way penalty kill is run this, this day and age is it's generally pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys are attacking you. They're trying to push down. That's become the popular thing in the last couple of years is the the push down with the top guy to try to take away um, any sort of, of downhill plays or seam plays. And um, you have to understand where your relief points are. But if you pass the puck on the wrong side of a guy's body and they have to reach across and manage it with their backhand, now they have to pull it back to their forehand. Then they have to, to bend their knees before they make the next play. Uh, if, if you make a bad pass, it gets bobbled. It becomes a loose puck. All of those are triggers to attack. Our guys are taught you know, backhands, bobbles, loose pucks, numbers. You see any of those, you're going. And when we're going, we're going three plus one with a lot of pressure mm-hmm. so that we can try to cause a turnover and, and get a get a good clear. So that's the marching orders for, for most other teams. And now 
with the way most people are setting up their power plays. They're either one-timers on the flanks, they're downhills on the strong sides on their flanks. Very rarely are you seeing that overload that we run with the the second group or you're seeing a box and one. That's become, the box and one has become a little bit more popular now to try to uh, fend off the diamond kill because the yeah. diamond kill when done properly is is a big time challenge. So, you know, you're you're starting to see teams present their power play with different looks so that it's not as simple as, oh, well, you've got one-timers or downhills and we know whose responsibility is and you can kill in straight lines. And, you know, there's there's more that goes into it. It becomes a little bit of a cat and mouse game where you're trying to present something on, from a power play perspective that they're not prepared for when they're killing and they've got to make a change uh, in the middle of the, 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 the kill for them to be successful. We've got multiple setups for for both of our units where they can set up on either side of the ice and a, it, it forces the PK to think. And, uh, you know, I think when you're at this level, if you're not doing that, if you're, if you're just running it back every time with the same setup and the same expectations, it becomes a little stale and you don't have a lot of success. And just to give numbers for the power play real quickly, I mean, it's been phenomenal the last couple of, and just I was looking at this earlier too, Rocky. 22 power play goals on the season, 41% of that work has come over the last seven games. It's just, it's phenomenal. I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago. The game of Skeegan, there's a couple there. Okay, yeah, technically power play goals, not the way you drew them up, but, you know, four consecutive games with one. It's, it's been nice to at least have that as a factor as of late. You know what? It's When you look at the to- totality of a full season, you're going to have some of those empty net power play goals. You're going to have some of those that, you know, off the rush, this or that, and they're not traditional power play goals, but it all kind of comes out in the wash at the end of the year and and it evens itself out. And, you know, for us, if we can just continue to have success, our penalty kill has gotten better. We're, um, we're, we're, we're getting into the high seventies. You want to be about 85%. And, and if you could be at 85% and, and 25 on your power play, then, then you're clicking at a combined 110. Now you got something cooking. We're not going to get there. I don't think we don't have enough games left, but if we can get to 80 and 20, or 81 and 21 like now you're now you're really having some success and and those are teams if you look historically at teams that win championships their special teams are in that range and so those are the goals that we're trying to hit we still have a long way to go but but we're trending in that direction and that's all you can ask yeah, it's certainly imperative to do that this weekend Sioux City the third best power play in the USHL sixth best penalty kill Dubuque second best power play and PK as well well we're going to take a quick break here when we come back we're going to be joined on the line by Curtis Brown the director of player development for the stars as well as the head coach of the AAA team stick around for that and much more it's outside the box on 93.7 the ticket